Hi guys, Princess here. And I don't want to be here. <laughs> I don't feel great. Um, I don't know what it is. I actually took a nap on purpose today and that only happens when I'm not feeling myself. I don't know if that's like an emotional tired or physical tired, but I feel pretty shitty. <sighs> um, I got up from the nap and my husband barbecued today, so that's good, I ate good. And I watched all three or maybe four parts of the new edition story today. I don't know why, it did make me feel better though. <laughs> and then I actually got some work done on a writing project and like, you know, I haven't really wanted to like do work for a while. And so this is like a personal project, so I was like, Oh my God, I'm like getting all these words done. And then I looked up and it's 11 fucking PM on a Saturday night. And I'm like, Ugh, I have to record a podcast. <laughs> I meant to do it earlier, but I felt shitty and took a nap. Oh, <laughs> I'm working on giving myself more grace and more rest and um, just like saying fuck it to things instead of worrying about getting everything done. But again, I hate naps and the fact that I wanted to take one means that something's up. And did I wanna skip recording this podcast? Yes, I did, cause I'm fucking tired. And the fact that I was on a roll of writing and the fact that I'm full of ribs and shit. Yeah, I wanted to skip it, but here's the deal. I uh, promised to record a podcast. So here I am recording a podcast. You guys need the Girls Next Door content. I know that some of you are gonna be doing laundry in the morning. I know that some of you are going to be tuning out your children. I know that some of you are going to be grocery shopping in your hazmat suits. So here I am to save the day. <laughs> I love how I just turned all that around to me being like the savior by doing something I agreed to do. I, but you know, that's who I am. So guys, um, remember what I said, we are going to be doing two episodes of Girls Next Door today. Uh, we're gonna be doing New Girls in Town and Happy Birthday Kendra. They aired on August 8th of 2005. Hey, today's, is today August 8th? Look at that. And August 15th of 2005. Um, remember, two episodes is absolutely the way to go with these and I was confirmed that when I watched them, the especially the early episodes don't always have a like a, a I don't know, a really sticky theme to them. There's a lot of B-roll, there's a lot of people in a limo talking about masturbation like for no reason. There's a lot of that. And also remember these early 2000s reality TV shows where they would just replay like snippets. So if you laughed a certain way at the beginning of a scene, like at the end of the scene, they just play just the laughter again. Um, it was almost like filling maybe. They do a lot of that where I'm like, that didn't happen again, you just recorded it again. Uh, I mean, you just uh, put it back in there for the editing. So yeah, I'm glad we're doing two episodes. So that means what? There's 15 episodes total. Um, by the end of the day, we'll have three done. That leaves 12 divided by two is six. So we have a, <laughs> 
I know you're like, damn, I'm so happy I turned, I tuned in to listen to Princess do math. <laughs> so we have about six episodes remaining. I'm hoping to get some guests on some of those, um, at least half of them. Keep in mind that like, if you're a Patreon member, you are also getting a true life series where I'm just doing eight episodes of true life and just going in depth with them. I just released one last night. Um, Friday night, Saturday morning, and it was true life. I had my cousin's baby, uh, that is available to $5 Patreon members. Um, so consider like signing up. There's some really cool stuff there. And I, one of the reasons I'm happy we're doing the true life series is that it really gives me the opportunity to talk about a lot of different topics because you know, that's what true life did. It just really scored, you know, a lot of different, it just really scored. It just really, what? What's the word I want to use there? Covered. It really covered a wide range of topics and it's fun to talk about them. So if you haven't signed up for Patreon, make sure you do so. It's patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. There are two tiers. The dollar tier, you get a monthly bonus episode. The $5 tier, you get a weekly bonus episode. You get to choose how much content you want. Also, one very cool thing we did this month um, is that when all the Patreon pledges came in for the month, we were able to donate a chunk of the money to the Central Texas Food Bank, which is an organization here in Texas, in Central Texas, go figure, where they distribute free food to people who need it. They also help you. They do things um, where they teach you how to shop in a cost-efficient way to kind of stretch the money that you do have. And if you get government benefits, they will show you how to stretch those resources to, um, you know, just get more for what you have. And we were able to donate money and we were able to buy 400 meals for needy families. Like this fucking podcast did that. This, the Patreon members, we all, we did this together. And so it felt really good to do that. I posted about it in on the Patreon page. I posted about it on the social media pages. So not only do you get like bonus episodes, also together we we did something good this month. You know, all all the shitty things that are happening, that's something good. So like, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited that, I'm excited that we got to do something. I mean, this is a really ridiculous podcast. I'm just, I'm literally just going over old reality TV shows and talking about them. And, you know, I don't always talk about it in my personal life because of that. Because, I mean, one, I don't necessarily need people who know me in real life to be listening. It's not, it's not necessary. I also don't want to tailor what I'm saying based on what people who I see at holidays might say. I don't want to do that. I want to talk candidly and without anybody in mind. I don't want anybody's feelings to be hurt, but I also want to just talk. And also, when it comes to this podcast, I am really not concerned with making it bigger. That was never the the goal. The goal is to find people who really enjoy this shit like I do and like share content with them. I don't care if I never get another listener again. What I do care about is that the people who do listen are picking up what I'm putting down. So it's not like I go to work functions and go and listen to my podcast. I don't do that. First of all, those people don't know me as someone who will talk ad nauseum about Victoria Gotti. (laughs) They probably don't even remember that, that reality TV show. 
They don't even remember that show. Oh, guys. Oh, 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 oh. Guys. Do you remember Chance? You know, the only Chance the rapper you need to know. The one um, from Real Chance of Love. And remember his brother Real died? Remember? He's getting another dating show. It's called One More Chance. <laughs> Ray J's producing it with his wife, Princess Love. I think it's going to be on Fuse Network. I'm watching it. I can't wait. I saw a trailer or a little promo thing where he's walking in like boots and spurs and all these women are like brushing horses. And it's funny because he and his brother had a, a, a rap group called the Stallionaires. Oh my goodness. Oh my fucking, I can't wait to watch it. Pretend like it's 2008 again. I, woo, I feel it in my fucking bones. Those are the people I podcast for. The people who want to watch that again. The people who, the people who, when I say, you remember that show that MTV had a reality TV show about where I could be wrong with the titles, but Miss America, Miss Teen USA, and Miss Universe, I think it is, all like lived in the same like apartment for their year of rain. And it was like two seasons maybe, but the second season was when Carrie Ann Panesh um, was in there. Remember Carrie Ann Panesh? I think she won Miss Teen USA. Correct me if I'm wrong here. And it's Miss USA. Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, and Miss Universe. So um, Carrie Ann Panesh was in there and like, was it Shayna Mokler? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But it was some girls that had some drug issues. I mean, Trump doesn't make a, a cameo because, you know, he does. But I'm just saying, like, do you guys remember, like, shows like that? Remember sorority girls on MTV? Like, these are the people I'm podcasting for. People who, when I say this stuff, go, yes, princess, of course I remember it. And here's the link on YouTube to watch it. <laughs> that's who I podcast for. And those aren't necessarily the people I interact with in real life. And that's not necessarily everybody on the internet either. I mean, it's it might be a small group of people. I'm okay as long as we find each other and like do this together. I don't know why I'm talking about this. But, oh yeah, really excited about the Patreon. I'm excited we were able to do something like that. And I hope next month we can do something like that too. I mean, I'm playing it by ear. But um, yeah, I'm really, really fucking proud of us. Um... What else? Is there any other news? You know, oh, uh, this week sometime, we're going to have another bonus episode. Uh, it's been sponsored for Mob Wives. It was sponsored a while ago. I'm finally getting to it. So we're going to do some Mob Wives. We're going to be talking about Dreeter. We're going to be talking about Renee. We're going to be talking about Junior. We're going to be talking about The Rat. We're going to be talking about Mob fucking Wives. I don't know which episode yet, but I'm really excited about that. Mob Wives is... is a guilty pleasure. Although let's stop saying guilty pleasure. Let's just say pleasure. Let's just say, let's just delight in pleasures. Yes, I'm talking directly to myself because I'm the person that needs to hear that. But let's just delight in something that gives us joy and let's stop feeling guilty about it. You know? Um, it's one of my favorite shows. The first two seasons are very good. I mean, season two is probably the best because that's when we find that Junior's a rat. <laughs> so we're gonna get a bonus episode this week and that's gonna be available to all patreon members so 
I mean, if this is the type of shit you want to hear, make sure you sign up for it, okay? All right, I'm done selling. That's it. We won't talk about Patreon anymore, but you know where it is if you need it. Patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. So... <laughs> In the first, as so in this first episode, the girl, new girls in town, it's really about all the girls that come to town um, to Playboy for various reasons. So they come to test, they come to shoot centerfolds, they come like uh, at this point, Tiffany Fallon's the Playman of the Year of two thousand five. They're coming to announce her. She's coming in town to be announced, and they're having a party for her. And then she's gonna spend a year like promoting Playboy. So. Playboy is a pornography brand, okay? I've established this. But Playboy thinks it's a Miss Universe. That's what it thinks it is, a Miss Nude Universe. And so, like, when Holly's telling us about the girls that are coming in, she's like, they're going to represent Playboy. They're going to be going to events. They're going to, that's, that's how Playboy sees itself. Um, they're going to be doing press. There's going to be a lot of media at the house. And... Throughout this episode, we get a lot, the, the, the recurring thing throughout this episode is look at all these girls that get to come in and test and be able to be in the magazine or, or have been in a magazine or have got the highest honor you can get that year, which is Playmate of the Year. Um, so the, the, th- the running theme is that look at all these girls who come, but us three who are always here don't get to be in the magazine. And remember, I told you, it didn't always used to be like that have pretty much either dated people that were in the magazine or put people he was dating in the magazine. It was one of the reasons to be the girlfriends. Um, They got in the magazine all the time. They got paid quite a bit. In fact, so the way Holly breaks it down is in her book is that if you just tested and they decided you were going to be a playmate, um, you got like $20,000 for the spread. And people that were going to not, and not necessarily playmates. Cause you know, c- celebrity people, reality TV shows, celebrity people, they, they don't, they're not playmates. They're just, they just have spreads. So if you were tested and you just, they just picked you out of the blue, like 20 grand, you were nobody. There's some girl who worked at Hooters in Saskatchewan. I don't know if there's a Hooters in Saskatchewan. I don't know why I'm saying Saskatchewan. I'm probably not pronouncing it correctly. I'm only thinking about it because that's where the made up boyfriend that, Dorothy and Blanche made up for Rose that time. He was like a logger in Saskatchewan or something like that. I think it's in Canada. Let's stop saying Saskatchewan. I'm definitely not pronouncing it right now. <laughs> but let's say you're from there and you and they're just and you you send in some test picks and they're like, Mm-mm, yeah, we're gonna have her twenty grand. So she said that somebody like the reality TV like. Um, uh, you know, a kind of known person would get like 50, 60 grand, maybe 40 grand. And like a celebrity, like, um, you know, like a Kim Kardashian at the time, she was a celebrity when she was featured in Playboy. Uh, you know, your Denise Richards, that's sort of a hundred grand maybe. Um, Something like that, but you could get like, you can get into the millions for somebody very, very famous. Um, and so when we hear that the, at the, by, at the end of this first episode, that the girls are going to do a cover, my understanding is they were not paid for that cover. And 
or excuse me, they weren't going to be paid for the cover, but because they had to, they had to sign like a release for the photos and everything that they got paid, but they got paid like nobody girls. Like they picked them out of Iowa State University or something like that, which keep in mind, the only reason that they were allowed to be on this cover and many other covers and get their, and get their like pictorials was because of this show. It was a storyline for this show. It wasn't Hef being like, I want you to be in the magazine. Um, it was more like producers being like, so what's the story's going to be? Are they going to be in the magazine? And that it, it went along that way. You know, I said this before, and I giggled when I said it because I thought it was funny, is that what he would do, because past girls would be in the magazine, and I believe the, the Barbie twins got like, or the Benton twins. I get Barbie and... Hold on a second. Let me make sure. Okay, this is why I'm getting confused. Because Hef had a, a long-standing girlfriend named Barbie Benton in the 70s. She was younger than him. She was like 20 years younger than him, not 60, but still. Um, and she's the girl, like, when we get to next week, we'll, we'll talk about when she comes back to the mansion and everything. Um, and But he also dated the Barbie twins, which are... Let me just make sure I have their names right. Their names are Shane and Sia Barbie, B-A-R-B-I. And also Barbie Benton is B-A-R-B-I. That's why I'm getting them mixed up. But um, so the twins, when they did, they each got like $100,000 and they were only known as his girlfriends. And so, I mean, he really lowballed these girls. I, I feel like, well, I don't feel like, I was told <laughs> through several memoirs that by this time, Hef had really, he was starting to feel very used, which is hilarious, but he was starting to feel very used by the women that were coming through. Um, remember, he's separated from Kimberly, um, and he is, he's just really starting to go out again, and he started, and he's really trying to maintain seven girlfriends, and seven's a lot, okay? And so he's trying to find quality women quality women <laughs> as if him and his three strands of fucking hair deserve anybody but fine he's trying to find to fill those spots a lot of times you are pulling girls that aren't necessarily as interested in you as they pretend to be and a lot of them wanted to be in the magazine so what would happen is he'd make them their girlfriends they you know pout a little bit and be like you want to be in the magazine daddy or whatever <laughs> and he'd be like oh okay baby and they finally go be in the magazine and then like two months later be like well gotta go <laughs> and it would hurt his feelings as if i give a fuck about his feelings but so at this time he's really like clamping down they don't get as many perks they don't they don't get as big of allowance they don't get to be in the magazine and so for these three girls to get in the magazine was a big fucking deal. Um, like at the beginning, Holly, so they interviewed you, the girls, and they intersperse what they say throughout the episodes. But it's, it's obviously one interview. And Holly's like, people always ask me, do I want to be in the magazine? And I say, not really. That's not true. She tested to be in the magazine when she was younger, when she still lived in uh, I believe at this point she lived in Oregon. Um, and she's, and she's like, well, I think it's better that I'm hands down. She thinks being a girlfriend's better than being a magazine. I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> Bridget is very jealous. <laughs> Bridget has tested twice. And they showed her pictures where she tested. As Half keeps telling her, she did look old. She did look old. Half has a very specific um, aesthetic. He likes... So the difference between like a hustler and a playboy is hustler is looking for like a um, like a a porn star um, aesthetic, and what half is looking for is a college girl who doesn't mind taking off her top, and that's why he he doesn't like strippers and porn stars. He doesn't want to be associated with strippers, porn stars, and. Um, uh, prostitution even though these are all types of sex work um liz always says that sex work is like a really broad term that can almost mean nothing she's right because sex work can be um taking pictures of your feet and selling them on a fetish website that can be sex work uh financial um domination which is the next true life episode i'm gonna do by the way stay tuned for that next week but that's sex work and you don't even have sex with anybody. There's no fluids exchange. There's no sexual content, contact. So like, you're right, sex work can be a huge thing, but the fact is that stripping, doing porn, um, what else did I just say? Prostitution have some elements that are in common and that is that you are working in a sex industry and even though Playboy is firmly in that industry, Hef doesn't like to be associated. He doesn't like professional porn stars. Excuse me, I hit the mic again. He doesn't like professional porn stars. And like, that's why Kendra had to lie and say she was a, a college student. He loved, he, what he wants is a, is, a, um, is a sexy college student. He doesn't want a woman with like, who is very much aware of what she what she's doing. That's not his style. He's he, Cardi B isn't his style. Okay. By the way, <laughs> I want you guys to know there's a lot of people that are really angry at Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion. By the way, Meg Thee Stallion is doing wonders for the name Megan. Okay. The, <laughs> I did not think of the name Megan as a five star name before <laughs> Meg Thee Stallion came along. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of people mad at them about that really nasty song they just put out. But the song is good, okay? <laughs> to me, it's good. I love a song where it's just like, look at me, I got that shit, fuck you. I don't cook and I don't clean. Let me tell you how I got this ring. This, I love something like that. And we need to remember, we talk a lot about black joy in that we want to see so much of the images we see of black people is of suffering, of pain, of discrimination, of being in chains and being spit on. Like much of the images we see is, you know, of someone kneeling on a black person's neck until they die. But we want to see more black joy. I want to just see happy fucking black people. And believe me, we're some happy ass people. We'll joke about any fucking thing. And, and I love seeing those images, but we need to remember that Black Joy also looks like two hot ass rappers delighting in how good they do sex. <laughs> That's Black Joy too. They looked happy, they made other people happy, people loved it. So just because it doesn't look like what, I don't know, what you think Coretta Scott King would do, <laughs> who gives a fuck? 
They're doing what they do. I, I mean, I don't, I don't see how this song's getting on the air. Even the edited part. I mean, the second verse, Cardi's second verse is just like, uh, it's just a lot of air because they have to like, have to like, uh, dub out a lot of what she said. I don't see how that's getting airplay at all. But I like the video. I think they look happy. Um, you know, it, it's great. It's why am I talking about that? Oh, that's not Hef's type. He doesn't want you talking your shit and talking about your about how good your pussy is. He don't want that. He wants you to be like, ooh, what? Can you see my ass cheeks? <laughs> that's what he likes. And a lot of people like that because Women speaking explicitly about liking sex, about their own body parts, about presenting their sexuality aggressively and upfront makes people uncomfortable. I saw on Twitter, someone said it very, um, like put it very well that like, it makes more sense for us to, for women, especially young women to hear about explicit lyrics from women first and not from men objectifying them women presenting themselves the way they want to be presented like yeah i got some wet ass pussy <laughs> i know you got <laughs> this season of buy pumpkin has taken a turn last week i was talking about holly cleaning up after the girls and this week all i'm doing is talking about nasty songs i'm sorry <laughs> but we go where the where the material takes us, guys. Well, but what I'm saying though is that like that's not um, his aesthetic. He really wants he he really wants a wink and a slap and a tickle, and not necessarily something very aggressive. It's why the women in Playboy often have very soft makeup. Like I mean, it's makeup, but it's more natural than something you might see in a Hustler or on you know another pornographic magazine. It's, it, that's 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 Hef's aesthetic. Um, but the reason I even started talking about this is because Bridget did look old and as Hef kept telling her, he, and old is relative. She looked like she was in her late twenties, but that's not a Hugh Hefner thing, right? He loves those young, young ones. He loves Kendra straight out of fucking high school. But, uh, she tested twice and Hef basically told her it wasn't going to happen. And so she's... <laughs> She's very jealous of it. She, it's hard for her to see the people coming and testing and, and getting it. And even when she's talking about later, cause going out with Hef is part of like staying at the Playboy Mansion. Well, you have to be a part of his arm candy when he goes out. And, um, she talks about how she doesn't necessarily give them drinks, but she will order shots and she will like be like, he, 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 you're not going to do well tomorrow on your test because if you really wanted it, you wouldn't be drinking. And I forgot that Bridget had that little side to her. Like, I only remember Bridget as being, like, soft and sweet and, like, and like running around with that black cat. I, that's all I remember. I don't remember how hard it was for her. I do remember when they were doing the shoot because both Kendra and Holly mentioned in their books, and I remember watching it, that that first shoot, Bridget had to leave because she was taking an exam and her teacher was not going to let her make it up. I guess her teacher was like, I don't give a fuck if you live at the Playboy Mansion and you do what I <laughs> Imagine, was she getting her master's in communications maybe? Imagine, <laughs> imagine Bridget, like you being a professor somewhere 
and Bridget being in your class and being like, listen, I know the exam is Friday, but I am shooting Playboy. And I don't know if you know this, but I suck this old man's dick so I can live in his house and be like, and, it, and I could never get in the magazine, but he's letting me be in the magazine now. So like, I can't be here. And you having to be like, bitch, the exam is on Friday. You need to come. You need to uh, put on some sweats, cover up the, that uh, Vaseline or whatever it is they got you shooting in and bring your ass on in here. When you're done, you can go back and finish shooting your, na your naked shots. <laughs> um, but yeah, she had to leave and they continued shooting with Kendra and Holly and it really made her feel bad. And the the shit was in the can. They already had the shots before Bridget was was finally able to express, like, I feel bad because you guys continue to shoot without me. And there's a whole fuck, and no one thought it was gonna be a big deal, but there's a whole big ass picture in here that I'm not in. And Kendra seems mad because they the shit is done. They have to go back and reshoot for it. Um, that's a thing. Like I, I forgot about those things about Bridget. But yeah, she, oh, so as for Kendra, Kendra just is like, she looks dazed. Um, Kendra in these uh, confessionals looks, so obviously I am feeling, I mean, obviously I am used to what women look like now. Women wear a lot of makeup now. Um, there is no way anyone would be shooting a reality TV show right now without a full fucking face of makeup, contour, all that shit, lashes, everything. That's, that's the style right now. But if you go back to this year of, of reality TV shows in 2004, 2005, 2006, when people were recording them, a lot of times people showed up to the confessional with very minimal makeup or makeup that you wore to your insurance job. I'm thinking of you, Lisa, uh, Lisa. I'm thinking of you, Vicky Gumbelson. <laughs> that type of makeup, like, you know, you just, uh, some mascara and blush and like some lips, but, or no makeup at all, like Kendra is wearing. And it is so, it's such a stark difference between watching Kendra in that fucking confessional and some and something that I'd watch now. Like, I'm also watching Real Housewives of, Pata of Patanka. That's what... <laughs> That's what um, Funky Dineva calls Potomac, Patanka. Um, by the way, Funky Dineva has gone hardcore into multi-level marketing. <laughs> and I'm sure he is making a ton of money. I just find it so strange. First of all, I shouldn't be watching his videos. He's a problematic fave. Um, but at the beginning of his videos now, Keep in mind, I don't see commercials on YouTube at all because I used to have Google Music of something or some sort when I had an Android phone and my husband still has an Android phone. So we had like a family plan and we still pay for it and because he's still using it. And so because I subscribe to that, when I sign into YouTube, it won't show me commercials. Anytime I watch YouTube without being signed in, I have this visceral reaction because Damn, it's a lot of commercials. So I don't see any commercials when I'm watching Funky Dineva. But at the beginning of his videos, he always has like a picture of the tea he's selling or something <laughs> and like some voiceover. And one of his voiceovers is like, you got to be, you got to be a, a what, is he, what does he say? 
you got to be a bold bitch to wake up Poe and ugly or something like that. You need to either sell this tea or get this tea. <laughs> but he's gone full in. But he calls it Real Housewives of Potanka instead of Real Housewives of Potomac. Anyway, off topic. Real, Real Housewives of Potomac. Like, if you just look at their, their confessionals, they look completely different than something like what Kendra... Like, Holly is wearing makeup, obviously. She looks put together. Bridget... Uh, to a certain extent, but Kendra is wearing no makeup. Maybe she's wearing lip gloss and a jersey. And she's got her hair in a ratty, like, not, you know, a messy ponytail or something like that. Um, I was thinking about Kendra, Kendra's show and about how she showed up on, on her show all the time, how she dressed on the show. She, I mean, she was mostly at home. So she would just wear like, booty shorts and jerseys and no makeup. Kendra is really, really fortunate. I'm not going to say lucky because I'm assuming she works out and, and monitors food. She's very fortunate. She's a thin person because if Kendra weighed, I don't know, 60 more pounds, Kendra would be considered ugly. Kendra's not like a beautiful person. You know what I'm saying? When they talk about how Hef picked her out of the pictures, I'm like, and it was with her old nose. He was looking at her body. He was not looking at her face. Um, so she's very lucky she's skinny because if she actually weighed more, she would look like any Wisconsin suburban mom. She really would. Uh, especially how, I mean, she looked like Roseanne. I mean, <laughs> She would look like a Roseanne, but you understand what I'm saying? Like she dresses like somebody's mom in the Midwest suburbs. So all she needs is the body of somebody's Midwestern mom. And there she is. She's very lucky, excuse me, fortunate that she's skinny and that she was, and that Hefner really wanted her to live at the Playboy Mansion when she was 19 years old. Because I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, first of all, Kendra talks about her life um, selling drugs and, and being strung out and just really rough life. And I don't know where she'd be now. I mean, I know where she is now. She's, I think her and Hank divorced. <laughs> Pretty sure she asked for the divorce, but then like on her when the divorce came through, she was like, this is the worst day of my life. All I want is to be a family. I was like, didn't you file for the fucking divorce? And so um, she's divorced from Hank. Uh, her and her, her kids are gorgeous. Her, they're, they are some cute kids. And I think she's like selling real estate for the agency. Maurizio, huh? I think that's what she's doing, pretty sure. Anyway, Kendra does Kendra's like really out of it. She's just like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I never thought I'd be in the magazine. Oh, I want to point out that half that we see half working on the magazine. Half approves every part of the magazine. Okay, every picture that goes in, he approves every part of the magazine. So we see him with a group of old ass men, right? These men that have been working with the brand and him for years and years and years. These old liver spotted motherfuckers sitting around <laughs> deciding who's the prettiest of them all, okay? 
So fucking stupid. But he's leaning over, talking about some girl that tested that. It's like, her face looks different. I don't know if she's gained weight, but she doesn't look as good. And you can see the three strands of fucking hair on his head. And I'm just like, how fucking very dare you? How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? I can't see the picture, but I know that girl <laughs> is probably smoking hot. And here you are judging the shape of her fucking face where I can see the liver spots on the top of your head and that your skin's so thin I can see the top of your fucking brain. <laughs> and you have the fucking nerve. You have the nerve to be over here. To oh, anyway. <laughs> he annoys me. I get so fucking mad at people who are like, well, what do you bring to the table? And all they fucking bring is their stomachs. They just sit at the table, all ugly and old and shit, judging these young fucking girls as if they're the arbitrator of all things beauty. Fuck you. <laughs> and that fuck you is from every person in the world who's ever had their self-esteem lowered by some amazingly beautiful woman, watching some amazingly beautiful woman on TV be told she's not good enough. I've, I've, I talked about this in the last episode, I talked about it a lot. I realized around the time I was going to puberty that I, uh, that a couple of things, I'm never gonna be skinny. I have a face that does well at certain ankles. <laughs> and at the time I was living in an all, I mean, I was the only white kid in my entire school. I mean, the only black kid in my entire school. So what does that add up to? I wasn't getting any play. And I realized that like, that's just not something I'm gonna be able to do. I never looked at those models like on magazines and stuff and thought, why don't I look like them? I was like, I can't look like them. They're models. This would be like me going down to, to the uh, NBA and being like, why aren't I seven feet tall? I can't be seven feet tall. Those are basketball players. My DNA doesn't do that. And my DNA doesn't make me, doesn't make me look like these gorgeous women. I always thought of it as a profession. So honestly, I never got my feelings hurt by not looking like those people because I knew it just wasn't a possibility. But for somebody who's makes it to testing at Playboy, you have to know that like what they look like is a big part of their self-esteem. It's a big part of what they think is nice about them. It's, it's probably one of their favorite parts about them. And they're probably prettier than everyone they know. They're probably the prettiest person working at Chili's. They're probably, you know what I mean? Like the, it's a huge part of their self-esteem and they're gorgeous. They look better than I could ever look. And so watching them like cut these, reduce these girls to like, well, her face is fatter now. Like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? She's gorgeous. And here you are nitpicking them when you look the fucking Crip Keeper. I'm so, like, I, I, fuck him. Fuck him. As if, ugh. I'm gonna stop talking about it. <laughs> I'm mad. Kendra says she loves when new girls come in, and that's true. Um, the fact is that Kendra just didn't really, when she first got there, she was just really quiet and, you know, really observing. She doesn't come from the same place that um, Bridget and, like, they. she didn't grow up the same way. Holly and Bridget have a lot in common, and Kendra just doesn't. She's different. And she probably grew up a lot poorer than they did, too. Let's just keep it real. And so... 
like being there was very hard for her. And she just didn't, it's not like she didn't get along with them. They were just different. And so Kendra was all, when new girls come in, cause you remember they're staying in all kind there and do their testing and, you know, for media appearances and stuff. She's always excited to see someone new cause she's trying to make a friend. Keep in mind, you can't go out past nine. You can't really be seen with men. You, I, the only people you're really around all, all the time are hot chicks that come and hang out at the Playboy Mansion. So you have to make friends with them. So you'll, so you'll have a friend. This is also why Kendra's always talking about the butler pantry because these are the only people she knows. She can either go to bed at nine with Holly and Dev or she can hang out in the butler pantry. And if you're 19 years old, what are you going to do? You know which one you're going to do. Um, she takes Sarah to hit some balls. I mean, Kendra's a long, a sporty girl. She played soccer for a long time. She played softball for a long time, even like high out of her mind. She was still playing softball and everything. Something her brother plays too. It's a family thing. So hitting those balls is more for her than the, than the playmate. Kendra also talks about in her story, in her book, how like she was allowed to go out a few times, by the way, Kendra was allowed to do a lot of shit. The other girls aren't allowed to do because she was 19 and she was the newest one. And she just, I said last week, she's used to asking for things. She's um, been out and about on her own for a while. She's used to asking for things and, and pushing boundaries and stuff. And she would, she talked about how like she brought, there would be some girls that would be at the house and they would just be wild girls. And she took them out and they'd be like doing fucking Coke, which was hard for Kendra because she, according to Kendra, she has had a drug addiction since she was like 12 years old and um how they'd be running around with other dudes and stuff and she was worried about getting in trouble so like going to the batting cages with sarah is who i believe is testing I, her face looks very familiar she is a playmate she she's something she she one of you is going to be like, princess, that girl was a porn star. That's how you know her fucking face. I will never forget. You guys remember when uh, Farah from Teen Mom had that quote unquote celebrity sex tape. And she, she was like, it's, you know, I was just doing a special thing with my boyfriend and I, I must've saw this on TMZ. I must've, that's, that's that I wasn't on like team mom boards or anything like that at the time. Uh, the probably closest I came was TMZ. So, and then it said like, and then it showed a picture and the picture is James Dean, who is a prolific porn star. Um, an apparent rape rapist as well, but he's pro fucking lific. Uh, and his face came up and I was like, I know that dude. <laughs> it's like that guy. I know. I don't, I don't know. I can't put my finger on where I know him from, but I know that dude. And this girl, Sarah, <laughs> I don't know if she's being a playmate. She also might've been a porn star. She could be, she was she on some shows. I don't know, but I know that girl anyway. So taking her to the batting cages is probably like the most, you know, the most fun thing Kendra could do. The other girls go ice skating with, um, with Holly and Bridget and just some other, I, they look like they're testing there or something. Um, Keep in mind, Holly was really, when I say Holly's the head sorority girl, she's the head sorority girl. Um, you see her giving tours. You see her, uh, 
showing people to their, where they're going to stay in a guest house and pulling luggage. You see her planning shit. Like she, and I keep in mind, according to Holly, she was bored there. She was, it was either do stuff like this or get your nails done all day. And she felt like she, she liked to know about the stuff and she just liked to, you know, get involved and everything. But also she says that Hef really pushed this on her and if things didn't go well, he would yell at her and he would, he would hold her accountable for things. Um, and again, it's super boring there. Just like Kendra said, just like Bridget would say, if, if I, if she wrote a book and if I ever cared to read it, she, it was boring. Well, Bridget might probably wasn't as bored. Bridget was in fucking school. She was busy. Um, so they go ice skating. Kendra and, not Kendra, Holly and Bridget are wearing matching outfits. You will notice throughout this, this series that they do this a lot. It's because they're good friends. They became friends with, there are more girlfriends there. They have a lot more in common than a lot of the other girls. Like, okay. Just think of the type of girl who makes her way to the Playboy Mansion, goes to all the like the Sunday pool parties and the little events and the part and the, like big parties and small parties, and is just there all the time, and eventually makes her way to be a girlfriend. Just think of the type of girl that would be. Um, more often than not, you're gonna get a hustler, right? Not necessarily. I'm not saying that they all showed up there with like dollar signs in their eyes, but. That's what you're going to tend to get more than a nun, okay? What's a nun doing at the Playboy Mansion in the first place? So the type of girl is going to be someone who, one, knows what they bring to the table. You can't see me. I'm gesturing to from head to toe on my body. But you know what I mean? Like, they know that they're a commodity. They know that they that older men like to have them around for beauty and to show other men, look what I caught. Look what I got here. And they're used to being treated a certain way. And they understand that what the rules of this game is, that there's no way you would find this man who could be your grandfather, who also talks to them like he's their grandfather. The, well, I'll, we'll get to this when we get to the next episode, but he talks to them like a grandfather talks to a teenage girl. Um, there's no way that, you're there for that, right? And so they're very good at, mm, there was a law in our uh, episode, it's Criminal Intent, which is my favorite um, version of Law and Order, don't at me. But a man, a wealthy man, you know what, I, best, I, I think it was based on um, uh, Andrew Cunanan's story. But he described the young man that was kind of a gigolo as a waiter, right? As a waiter in a high-end place that was guiding you along on what you could have, but also being very careful to let you know how much it cost. And like deftly and tactly, tactly, in a tactful way, in a, a smooth way that's just like, yeah, I could do this for you and you could do this for me and like understood all the rules, navigated like experience. And that's what I expect those girls, the type of girls that are attracted to this position to be. Someone who they're experienced, they understand that like this isn't free. They understand that tit for tat and that this is, 
You know, you can't, just like you can't strip forever, you can't be a girlfriend forever. You can't be a, a playboy girlfriend forever. So you really do have to maximize what you're doing there. And whether or not this is true, Bridget and Holly don't give off that same vibe. You know, they seem a lot more naive. They seem a lot more, um, not as, uh, not as many sharp corners, just more hometown girl. And that might be by design, you know, what you see isn't always the truth. Um, but I can see how when there's that many girls around, because remember there's seven girlfriends and there's also tons of girls around vying for spots and things like trying to replace people and things like that. I can see how Bridget and Holly find each other and start and dress alike and do things like that. Also, Hollywood dress, Hollywood go places and buy things and buy an extra for Bridget so they could dress alike. And some t and a lot of times she would buy one for Kendra too because she didn't want Kendra to feel left out. But that's not, Kendra's not wearing that outfit. That, that um, snow bunny outfit or whatever, Kendra's not wearing that. <laughs> and, and Holly would say that Kendra would like throw it in the back of her closet and be like, ugh, fine. And Kendra, and Kendra would say that Holly would try to force things on her. And I mean, two things can be true at once, you know? So... On the way back from the outing, Kendra orders a bunch of shit from the Playboy, from the pantry, from the butler pantry. And did I tell this story last week? If, you know what, bear with me. I repeat myself a lot. Famously, you can get whatever you want from that pantry. I don't know how you do, how they do that. Cause they're ordering shit like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with grape jelly. What if they don't have grape jelly? What if you want apricot jelly? What if they don't have that? What do you mean you can get whatever you want? Does that mean someone runs out to the store? It just takes you longer to get it. I, I want to know logistics, the logistics of this. Always me to focus on food, obviously. But there is a story that Holly tells about how in the seventies Jack Nicholson would, <laughs> would I, I'm laughing because it's absolutely something I would do once I figured out I could order whatever I want at the at the Playboy Mansion. Jack Nicholson would drive to the Playboy Mansion and on the way, call in an order of food. <laughs> you know, I want some crab legs and, and mashed potatoes. I don't, that wasn't his order, but I'm assume, I just assume that you, he just ordered whatever he wanted to. Then he would drive into the driveway. They would bring down the food and he'd drive away. He didn't even visit it. <laughs> he was just like, I'm hungry. You know what? You know what? Playboy Mansion's always got something. Hey, can I get a burger? <laughs> and he'd just leave. And that is how I'd use the pantry. I would never come to any parties or anything. I'd just be like, hey guys, uh, it's Princess. I'm going to be there in like 20 minutes. You, can you give me like a pepperoni and pineapple pizza? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks. <laughs> and I just get it and leave. So uh, they've been a little more strict since then. <laughs> but um, that's what they reminded me of. Kendra ordering all that fucking food. Um, and they make it for her and she gets it. By the way, Kendra gained a bunch of weight when she moved to the Playboy Mansion. And by a bunch of weight, it was probably seven pounds. <laughs> but the way she talks about it, she talks about like she gained 70 pounds. And she just was a little fluffier. You know, you can look at Kendra's body. Kendra works out a lot. Kendra uh, has abs 
she has this fucking six pack. Kendra, I mean, what else does she have to do except for workout? She's got a gym right there on the premises. Why does Hef have a gym there? Has Hef ever worked out a day in his life? You think Hef, like, in the 70s was like, I got to go down and do my aerobics. That gym's there for the girls, right? Right. Anyway, so she's sitting in the limo one day and when she's, after she's first gotten there and she says to Hef, I think I've gained some weight. And he just pauses and looks at her and goes, you should work out. <laughs> I know... Uh, when he tells her she's going to be in the show, um, in the show, I just like, he's Ricky and she's Lucy. (laughs) When he tells her she's going to be in the magazine, um, she talks about not eating. He's like, I like you just the way you are. Let me tell you what guys, uh, half would definitely let you know if you gained weight. So that is for the show. All the girls say that half will let you know if you gain weight. Um, also, did you know that all the plastic surgery, you can get all the plastic surgery you want as a girlfriend. He paid for liposuction, he paid for nose jobs, boob jobs definitely, or redoing your boobs or whatever. Um, this wasn't a time when people would do butt jobs. You can tell by looking at all the girls who have these huge breasts and then like straight boy hips. <laughs> you didn't get butts and hips done back then. Well, now you gotta have it all. But, um, yeah, he would, he would do all those things. Like, you could definitely go get liposuction. It wasn't a big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, they go to the club with all the girls that are in town. And as they get out of the limo, Hef gets out first. And then each girl gets out and poses with him to get a picture. Then they all line up like a Girl Scout troop <laughs> to take a picture with him. Um, this is the part where uh, Bridget tells everyone she's she likes to get them drunk and and she she's and she doesn't feel bad basically because if they wanted that bad they wouldn't be drinking. Makes me feel bad for Bridget. It's really sad. Um, they also go to Geisha House and Holly's like kissing a lot on half and everything. And I don't know what Geisha House is. Maybe well I should look it up. It's a Japanese sushi and steak place. Um which is kind of what I thought it was. But the thing I found really interesting is that when Hef leaves the house, he brings food with him. Like he's on a diet. (laughs) You know those women that show up and they're like, I brought my chicken breast. Teresa Giudice Giudice, uh, was doing that when she was like training for for that that, uh, uh, bodybuilding competition. But that's what he does. When Hef goes out, he brings food with him and instructions on how to prepare it. And then it comes out with the food. I'm assuming it's for dietary reasons or I'm assuming it's for dietary reasons. If it's just because he likes what he likes, it makes it worse. I mean, it's bad anyway. I can't imagine... I can't imagine working in some high-end restaurant and this dude comes in every other week and with a Ziploc bag full of fucking food that you, and the instructions on how to prepare it. I don't, I, I don't get that. But I, I, I would be very annoyed by that if I were working there. But imagine your boyfriend, your grandpa slash boyfriend needs you to go out to trendy places to eat and also bring his Ziploc bag full of food so they can prepare it for him. 
just, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to go back and forth all season about whether they're girlfriends or employees. And honestly, I really hope they're employees because you don't get paid. I, I'm, this is not something I could do as a girlfriend. Because as a girlfriend, you could have a conversation and say, hey, you know, I don't really want to go places with you and your Ziploc bag of lamb chops. Because that's what he was getting, lamb chops. Um, why don't we just stay home or uh, let's go someplace where they know how to make the food for, where, where you can order something off the menu, but this is weird. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the driver brought it in, or I can't believe there's an assistant in the back of the limo. It's probably the driver. The driver's probably a driver slash bodyguard, and the driver brings it in, but if it wasn't half and you were just dating your grandpa daddy, <laughs> then... Then it'd be you. <laughs> You'd have to carry it in your purse. I can't imagine. I just hope they get paid enough for this. That's that's, and I don't think they did. I I don't think they got paid enough for it. Um, what else? So on the way back, um, they go upstairs. Like after, usually, okay. So remember, after club nights, they didn't go to the club. They ate dinner, but after club nights with. Not necessarily the playmates, but it would just be girls that would be hanging around. That's when they go upstairs and do the do, right? Not Mountain Dew, <laughs> Hefner Dew. And so, <laughs> and so um, according to Kendra, maybe a year or two years after she got there, and this is, she at, at the time they're filming this, I want to say she's been there a year maybe. They came back from the club. They're about to go upstairs and do their thing. And nobody went upstairs. No one told her anything. Nobody said anything. Hef didn't have sent out a memo to his employees to let them know it wasn't happening. He, they just didn't do that anymore. And that was the end of their sexual relationship. According to Kendra, I think Holly, Holly doesn't mention like exactly when it stopped, but she does say that his health got worse and his meds and stuff. And also he was like experiencing side effects from taking so much fucking Viagra, which he admitted to all the time. So at first when they get there and he's like, everyone come upstairs. I was like, oh, is this going to be one of those nights? But the other girls don't go upstairs. And this is, this wasn't a club night. This was different. So... It's just the three girlfriends. And Kendra's walking up there like, am I in trouble? Are we going to be in trouble? I don't know what's going on. Which is, okay. Again, grandpa, daddy. And so, grandpa, daddy, boyfriend. So they get up there and he tells them they're going to be in the magazine, like I said. And they're all very excited. Kendra's speechless. She's just like staring into fucking space. And... She ends up saying, we're going we're gonna to do so good for you. We're going to give you 110%. So does Bridget. She's like, I'm not going to eat or blah, blah, blah. And th- like I said, they were all surprised because they it kind of was never going to be done. And if you would tell those girls at that moment that they were going to be on that cover like five times, uh, maybe six times. They were on that cover a lot. They were They did the first cover where the front cover and the back cover were the same picture. Um that's the one where they were leaning, they were like kind of uh, leaning over, looking out of like a, a door or a window together. And then the back was their butts. <laughs> but like they did a lot of fun things and this is just the beginning of it. I, you know what? I, I'm very like um, 
cynical about this show. I'm cynical about these relationships and everything, but I felt happy for them because I think this is a dream for all of them. So let's talk about the next episode, which is the one where it's Kendra's birthday. And it starts off because they are, um, they're going to the Playboy Jazz Festival, which is held at the Hollywood Bowl. Now, the Hollywood Bowl is an outdoor concert space. They have like boxes and everything. And it's like a, a picnic kind of place where I'm not sure that they sell food there. I think they sell drinks and so you bring your own food, like you can bring a picnic basket or whatever. And I mean, it's great. Like, my understanding is that it's built in terms of acoustics and everything. It's great to hear things in the Hollywood Bowl. It's, it's a great place to go. Um, I've never been there, obviously. I did watch them do a concert, a Coco concert there on Disney Plus um, that my kids really loved and I really loved too. So uh, yeah, it's like I've been there. <laughs> no, it's not. But so half sponsored the Jazz Fest over there. And they, I, I believe they have, it's not a large box. It looks like it's several boxes together. Or maybe it is a large box. But for them to get there, they need to go on an RV. It's a huge tour bus. Because they're taking a bunch of people. Hef requires a lot of things. Like the butler staff goes up there in a refrigerated truck and shit and they're, they're bringing all the crystal and they're doing all this stuff. Like, it's an, it's a huge thing. And he doesn't really like to go places like Holly mentions. And he, but when he goes, he expects to have exactly what he wants. Now, I too am an 80 year old white man. So I feel the same way. I want what I fucking want. Today, I had a very small meltdown. Um, and this is probably, you know what? This might've attributed to my emotional state having to take that nap. <laughs> is that my husband went to, cause he was barbecuing today. He went to the store to get all the stuff he wanted for his barbecue. It was a great barbecue. He did a great job. It was late, but it was fine. And on the way back, he brought lunch, which is also awesome because I haven't, I need to grow house grocery shopping. He was really just getting items he needed specifically for this, this thing. And so I didn't have what I need to give the kids lunch. So he came back with lunch. And as he walked in the door, I was already in a bad mood because it was Wendy's. And let me tell you about Wendy's. Wendy's puts ketchup on their burgers like they think any moment now someone's going to come and seize all the ketchup and we better eat as much ketchup as possible. Just it's doused in ketchup. And I was like, oh, already I was mad. Their fries suck. And the one thing they have is a strawberry lemonade that tastes like when my dad would make the Kool-Aid, <laughs> you know, not when my mom would make it. When my mom would make it, she would, I mean, it was just basically colored water, but my mom doesn't like sugar. But when my dad would make it, it would be banging. And sometimes he would, he like, this is before, I don't know if this was before or if he just didn't buy it, but this was not a strawberry lemonade Kool-Aid packet. He had strawberry and lemonade and he would mix it to perfection. <laughs> so, so I love it. So I couldn't eat the burger because, again, it was just, I mean, they dipped it in ketchup. And then, and the fries are bullshit. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll drink this drink. 
And he didn't bring a fucking straw. They didn't give him a straw. You know what? They give everybody a straw. I'm going to just come out and say it. He didn't bring the straw because my husband doesn't use straws. But you need a straw with this drink because you got to sip it. It's a way you got to sip it. So here it is. I have three food items. I'm in a bad mood and I can eat none of them because none of them. And also I'm thinking to myself, I need to let him know to never bring me another motherfucking thing from Wendy's again. (laughs) That if he's going to feed me, don't do it from Wendy's, no matter fucking what. <laughs> but I can't say that after he's just come through the house with all the things and he's feeding the children and stuff. And, and what am I supposed to do? Call from the couch. And by the way, don't bring me another motherfucking thing from Wendy's, asshole. Like, is that what I'm supposed to do? Is that it? <laughs> I took a nap shortly thereafter. But I too am an 80 year old white man and I just want what the fuck I want. And don't come up in here with that shit I don't want. So as much as I hate Hef, I get it. I get it. I I think Hef should stay home more often. I don't think he should. I mean, they're being paid, but I'm just like, what a, maybe they love their jobs, but I can see myself driving that refrigerated truck going, this motherfucker, cannot believe I have to drive to drive a bunch of cases of Cristal to the Hollywood Bowl so that you and your hoes can drink it. <laughs> but, you know, it's a big shabam. It's a big, it's, it's a lot of stuff. Um, Holly calls down and asks if if, uh, if the dogs are allowed at the Hollywood Bowl because Duke was asking if he could come. She's disappointed. Bridget's making a dress for no reason. You know, like you do. Um, Kendra's friend Destiny is there and they are partners in crime. They are best friends. Like I keep telling you guys, uh, it's very lonely at that house. And Holly spends most of the time with Hef. Like she's in the same room. Like I said, she's in that corner of his house, of his closet, because <laughs> he refuses to pay for rent for her room. And, and so... And if you're not best friends with the other girl, you're very lonely. So like I said, Kendra makes a lot of friends and hot girlfriends that she can bring around for these things. Um, They're in the back of the RV rapping Nelly songs while the editors play the beat from Ludacris's Roll Out, (laughs) which will tell you a lot about this fucking show. Um, Destiny has her hat like cocked to the side. There's a lot of play acting with Destiny and Kendra, just so you know. Um, when they walk into the bowl, they get catcalled by people, and they, people are yelling some really rude shit, like, about these women. And Holly says, you know, it makes me feel good when people, we, we cause a lot of attention. Yeah, and a little old white guy and, and a bunch of hot chicks that people go, well, what the fuck are they doing there? And she's like, it makes me feel good. And it was annoying to see because... That's something that people are like, well, catcalling is is important to your self-esteem. Um, maybe if you're in a very public place with security and a bunch of camera crews, I think Holly would probably feel differently if she was there by herself and was being screamed at about how good her pussy looks through the dress. I mean, that's not what they said, but that's what they implied. Um, I don't know. It was weird. I feel like this Holly would say that, but the Holly who writes a book five years later would say that. That's a, that's a main problem I have with Holly is that, so 
when this show was on, I assumed everything Holly later wrote in that book, like I assumed that's what it was, but they would do this show and go on and go on um, talk shows and everything and say, no, that's not what it was. We're all equally in love with him. We're all best friends and we're just happy to be here. And he's a gentleman and we love him and he's the best and he's changed my life. And then later, and, and basically we all said, girl, who the fuck are you trying to fool? And then later it was like, okay, I was lying. But the way she talks about it is how, why people were fooled. Like people would ask her that she missed the mansion all the time. And she'd be like, no. And, and just, why are you annoyed? You spent years. I think she dated Hep for six years. No, she's three and a half years in and there are six seasons of um, Girls Next Door. So she dated him for quite a long time. She was there for a long fucking time. And the whole time she was there, what she gave us was, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. This is a normal relationship. I'm in a lot of love and I'm going to have a baby with an 80 year old man. Like that's what she would say. And so to then, this is how I feel about all reality TV shows. I hate when you're Vanderpump Rules, when you're Blacking Chicago's, when, when, you serve me a storyline and then get mad at me because I believed it, right? You're like, oh, we never worked there and this was, and they cut this out and blah, blah, blah. But you're going on shows promoting the storyline. And I get why you are. You're getting paid. You're getting paid. Being on a reality TV show is good money in terms of um, social media money, appearances, uh, starting your own line of lashes or whatever the fuck you're doing. That's good money. And I get... Like you're doing your fucking job. When I worked at a fucking, when I worked at IHOP, I told people it was the best place in the world to eat. And it is the best place in the world to eat, but <laughs> I didn't always feel that way. I, I told the company line, that's what I had to do. So I get that when you are on a reality TV show, you have to come out and say, yeah, 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 everything's great. And this has really happened. And this is, I get that. But then don't be mad at me because I believed it. You showed me a show that said it that you promoted that you tweeted that what and now you're mad because i believed you it's just a show not everything you see on tv is is real okay what you mad for why you mad and i feel the same way about holly like i think that like a lot of things she says on the show she she was angry that we didn't believe it when it was happening then she was angry at the people who did believe it and i'm like we can't win any fucking way you said that you kept reiterating all the, on all the top talk shows you went on on every time anybody talked to you about anything, you were like, yes, that's exactly what it is. And then later when millions of people believed that you living in the Playboy Mansion was the best thing that could ever happen to you, even though you were depressed, suicidal, emotionally abused, in some cases with the other girls, um, pushed out and just made to feel terrible. That's not our fucking fault. Have some empathy, bitch. <laughs> oh, Jamie Foxx is there, and this is way before he started having sex with Katie Holmes. I still don't understand that. Katie Holmes doesn't have a type. I Katie Holmes went, I'm sure she dated other people in between, but in my mind, she went from Chris Klein to Tom Cruise to Jamie Foxx. None of those things make any sense to me. I, I mean, who's she going to date next? Rick Fox? Katie Holmes and Rick Fox. That could work. Um, 
Oh, they have beach balls at the Hollywood Bowl. So the people are throwing the balls up in the air and then like someone else hits it and stuff like that. And Kendra doesn't have a beach ball and she really wants one and she didn't, she's never been to the Hollywood Bowl. And so she, um, she, they, or maybe she has been there because she went last year and she didn't realize they were going to have these. So the butler staff has to go around trying to barter to buy beach balls for her. Yeah. And it's exactly what you thought. They would give them some Playboy water in exchange for the beach balls. Was was it hot out there? Did they really need the water? Could you not get the water from anywhere else? Or was it really that you wanted a bottle that said Playboy water on it? I don't get it. Um, back on the bus, Kendra's twerking and glow rings. Her and Destiny are like all up in the windows and stuff. And, and uh, Destiny's trying to get her to flash. Uh, she, it doesn't seem like she does, but Kendra used to flash all the time. In fact, when we talk about Kendra leaving the mansion for, so Kendra, if Kendra, Kendra, I guess Kendra was there like six years and she claimed after like year two, maybe one or two that she never had sex with him again. She doesn't consider Hugh Hefner her ex. She, she considers him a man that changed her life. Uh, and she, to her, it wasn't that serious. Which is why if I had to be one of the girls next door, I would be Kendra. Because Kendra doesn't really have to do anything. Um, so when she leaves, she's dating Hank for quite a while. A while. Uh, maybe a year. And so also one of the things Kendra did that the other girls didn't do, she had her own agent. Um, or manager. The other girls use someone under Playboy. Kendra had an outside one. And that person would book her for appearances. So she would be traveling all the time. At Towards the end, she was really not there all the time. She was going to get parties started places, you know? You could make a really good living. I mean, I don't know how well you could do that in 2020, especially, well, you can't do it at all in a pandemic. But in 2000. 2010 you could definitely make a full fucking time living if you were a famous playboy bunny someone who'd been on the cover a bunch of times someone who dated hefner you could definitely who had an e-tv show a hit this was a hit show for e um you could definitely make a decent living and keep in mind she doesn't have any living expenses <laughs> because she lives at the mansion so, um, and Hef leases a car for her. That's part of the package. He doesn't buy the car anymore because he used to buy the car and the girls would leave with them. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to keep laughing, but just, li- just like thinking about him having to think about <laughs> how, like again, I'm annoyed at the idea that he expects, he courts women with money, but expects them to want to be with him He's courting women he has no business being with, with money, but then expects them to love him without the money. And how through trial and error, he realizes, oh, shit, I can't, can't let them be on the magazine. They'll leave me right after. They just want to be on the magazine. Shit, I can't buy them a car. They'll drive away in the car. Like, I, this, I'm sorry. You get what you fucking came for. So during that, like, year, I guess, or so, where she's dating Hank, but it has to be a secret, and it's a secret from Playboy too. Like they send bodyguards with her. And by bodyguards, it's like an old guy named Ray. <laughs> Go with her and make sure she got to places on time. Um, which 
apparently didn't happen very often. But she would have to hide from him, um, hide from like security. And Hank would show up places and they say he was a family friend. And she would say she was going to San Diego to see her mom. But and it play, they didn't send security with her there. But if like what they would do is they call up there and if they called, she was to say she was in, their mom would say she was in the shower and then Kendra would call back from her cell phone, which is like, you know, what you do when you're trying to stay at your boyfriend's house, but you're telling your mom you're spending a night somewhere. Uh, Shit like that. And so she's sneaking around and she's publicly Hef's girlfriend. And eventually when she tells Hef that they're not going to be, that she's met someone, he's like, okie dokie. <laughs> he doesn't care. I mean, it wasn't a big deal for him. I think, I think he never knew he, I, I, it's not that he doesn't, it's not that he didn't care about her. I just think he didn't have that relationship with her. And two years into them dating, they stopped having sex. And she was just, she really was his granddaughter that lived at his house and spent his money and drove the car he leased. I think when it came to Holly, it was a much more intense relationship because they, he really did expect her to perform for him and to do things for him. And he yelled at her the most and he expected the most from her. And if she didn't give it, he would threaten her with stuff. Holly talks about when she would leave. Keep in mind, she lived in that room with him for years and years and years. But when she was getting ready to leave, she let him know she was getting ready to leave, but she had to finish filming the last the last season of, um, I think it's season six where she's really not in it, uh, of Girls Next Door. She was under contract to do so. But one day she goes in the bedroom and on the bed is a folder marked Will. (laughs) And it's just, it's, it's just saying where he's going to leave his money and that he's going to leave her like a million dollars. He's going to leave her a big chunk of money or something. (laughs) And she's like, I've lived there for so long. There's no, he doesn't just do leave paperwork out like this. Like, we, I don't get to snoop in things like this. It was just him being like, see what you might be missing, girly. <laughs> anyway, I'm off track. Um, but anyway, while she's publicly Hef's girlfriend, but privately Hank's girlfriend, she's still doing club appearances and they expect her to flash. They expect her to be like, let's get drunk, motherfuckers. And like twerk and and lick women and, and throw, and throw her boobs up in the air. And she doesn't want to do it, but she has to, cause it's her job. It's her job to like get the party started. In fact, Kendra writes about how people expect certain things from her, things that she's been doing since she was like 18, 19 years old. But as she gets older, like that's not her, that's the job. Like when she started having kids and stuff, she, she came home, she was in sweats all the time. I just was talking about how she dressed like she was somebody's Midwestern mom. But that's who she is inside and and who she was growing to be. Not some girl in, I mean, her shorts were short, but the not some girl in a bodycon dress showing her tits in Vegas. That's not who she's gonna be at 32, you know? Anyway, she was throwing, she was like, getting in a lot of trouble with Hank because he, he was upset because, I mean, he's dating someone who he can't tell anybody about. He can't put his arm around. They have to sneak places all the time. Like she's never been to his, his place at one point. She did like in a, she got booked in Atlantic city thing and he was with the Eagles. 
Okay. I'm don't, don't, don't like crucify me for getting shit like that wrong. Cause you know, I don't do sports unless it's America's next top model or RuPaul's drag race. And so what they did, and by this time, uh, Bridget's Bridget's going with her this time. <laughs> she looks at Bridget on the way there and says, I met somebody and Bridget gave her the fakest. Really? <laughs> Because Kendra wasn't like being around. She was staying in her room at the mansion. She was leaving all the time. And it was just obvious. Like you could always tell when someone had met someone and was ready to like leave. And um, so Bridget covered for them with security so that Kendra and Hank could drive to Philly I believe that's where the Eagles are from. Again, do not quote me on this. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about in that regard. To see his place. She'd never been to, they've been dating. She'd never seen his place. They never, they didn't get to wake up next to each other most times. Um, and they drove all the way up there so they could hang out in his apartment. It's a very strange relationship, but um, I'm only talking about that because the flashing of the boobs reminded me of that. Um, when they get back, um, <laughs> Kendra and Destiny run up on some dog shit, guys. The mansion is full of dog shit. Liz recently did a Queen of Versailles um, episode on her Patreon, and it's really good. The Queen of Versailles is a really good doc, and she mentioned something about how it always seems like those little dogs in those big, huge mansions are never house trained. And I forget who she did the episode with. Um, They had a lot of good information. I'm sorry, I can't remember their name. But... She was talking that she was the the person she was doing it with was saying that that's a rich person thing. And it is like as a poor person, you don't have a big enough space that you can just let a dog come in and shit on you. Well, I mean, yes, you can. But it's considered very trashy. But like Paris Hilton and what was it? I mean, gosh maybe 2003 running around with these small dogs shitting in purses everywhere was chic. You know, it was just like, she's too rich to care. And I feel like, guys, I'm a dog person. I usually have dogs. I used to foster dogs and volunteer at rescue agencies and things like that. And I was really big into training and stuff. And training a dog is really important. And the reason you do so is because for their safety, to be honest, um, to be able to live in a society with humans, you need to be able to shit outside. You need to come when I call you. So you don't get hit by a fucking truck. You, you need to understand some basic commands. Not, I mean, not tricks and shit, but you need to understand some basic commands so I can keep you safe in this world. And training a dog is a big responsibility. And seeing that they have all these dogs in this house that one, don't listen to them, run all over the place and shit all over the place makes me think they're not good pet owners. It makes me think that they just are like sitting around going, you know what I want? A corgi. Where do you think I can get one of those from? And then get it and forget about it and go to the Hollywood Bowl. And and like, ugh. Even though we have butler staff who could easily let the fucking dog out. We'll just leave it here in the hallway. It doesn't endear me to them. It reminds me of the teen mom girls who are always getting pets and then next week you don't see them. It reminds me of the... um, of the Kardashians who always have all these fucking pets. And again, next week you don't see them. And like, I've had a lot of dogs throughout my life and they've either gone over the rainbow bridge or, um, they were rest, they were, um, 
found dogs that I had to keep until I could find something to take them or, or, uh, foster dogs and stuff. And, you know, I'm a big believer that you make, I make logical decisions when it comes to my pets, but I make decisions, decisions in the best interest of the dog. You, if you listen to, it might, it might be back when I was doing spelling tea, when I had to give up my dog Watson because he kept getting out and I was terrified something bad was going to happen to him. He'd be lost for days. And we live in a damn near construction site. Cause it's new. I mean, it's not, it doesn't look anywhere near like it did last year, but I had to like, find a new place for him. Not because I didn't care about him, but because I was like, I care too much about him. He cannot, I, I can't imagine him dying of dehydration in, in the Texas fucking summer because I can't keep him in this house. Cause he's an escape artist. And like, I feel very differently about giving up Watson than I do about people who collect pets because they're cute today and you can bring them on a red carpet or you think, you know, you're feeling down, so you just go get a new dog that's really cute, and then you just let him shit all over the place, and then you have him for two months, or he gets, he looks really cute, and then he gets to a, his full age, I mean, his full size, and then next thing you know, he's at your assistant's house. Like, I, I don't have a lot of respect for that. And this shit scene where Kendra's picking up the shit, I do appreciate her picking it up instead of calling someone down uh, from the butler pantry to come pick it up, but... It just reminded me of like how immature these girls are. Even Holly is immature at this point. They're just immature and like there's shit and piss all over the fucking house. And if we think back to the last season of Buy Pumpkin when I was talking about Victoria Gotti's like dilapidated, dilapidated, dilapidated um, Grey Garden's fucking mansion, in a lot of ways, the Playboy Mansion is that way too. It's really run down and old and and full of dog shit. And that scene reminded me of that. Um, Kendra and Destiny are going to watch a movie downstairs. And again, they need to ask permission from grandpa, daddy, boyfriend. And uh, he calls up to let the butlers know and or down to let the butlers know. And... Um, <laughs> They don't know what they want to watch. They they say they want to watch a movie with Jim Curry, with Jim Carrey being an anchor man. I think they're talking about Bruce Almighty. But editing has them sitting there like staring into space for minutes, not knowing what the fuck they're talking about. And then they end up saying they want to watch Dumb and Dumber. And <laughs> Hef basically calls them Dumb and Dumber. By the way, the the whole day, Hef is <laughs> is uh dunking on Kendra and Destiny. He's like calling them drunk. He's <laughs> going to the back of the RV going, what's going on back here? And they're just saying dumb things. And now he's called them dumb and dumber. And I didn't like it. I just didn't because I don't like Hef. <laughs> so the next day, the, at midnight, it's Kendra's 20th birthday. And you know, she's dancing around and doing whatever. And the butlers all pin those, um, those beach balls they want that she wanted to her door to say happy birthday. And she is so fucking touched. She's crying. And I'm like, this is trash that you forced them to go barter for, for you. And now there's nothing to do with it. So they just deflated them and wrote happy birthday and put them on your door. Girl, calm down. 
and um, all right. So this is what she's gonna do for her birthday. She's gonna have a barbecue luau. It's a small party. It's I I. It seems like it's a Sunday because on Sunday they have pool parties, and it seems like they're just gonna make this pool party in her honor. Um, it's last minute because she kept changing her mind and finally have says, said you have to figure out what the fuck you want to do. Um, so Holly and Bridget need to go around getting stuff for the party on the day of the party. That's why it's very last minute. They go to Spencer's and they buy a bunch of shit and they go to some other party stores and, you know, they put up signs and shit. And the, the most important part of this episode is Kendra's family's coming. Kendra family consists of um her mother patty her grandmother mary her grandmother her mother and grandmother live next door to each other in a duplex and her brother colin and she her she her grandfather is divorced from her grandmother but he used to live he lived in the same they like moved from new jersey or something lived in the area and he died recently and remember her father had run off run off and then inherited like a ton of fucking money and moved to costa rica so, you should all know Kendra and Patty have a bad relationship. They always have had one because Kendra was like a really wild child. Like I said, she was she was definitely a drug addict at like age 12. She was constantly getting kicked out of school. She was constantly um, running away. Uh, and like she ran off to live with some like 25-year-old drug dealer when she was like 15. She, she just did a lot of stuff. And... Um, so they had a contentious relationship all her teen years. Um, according to Kendra, by the time she wrote her first book, um, keep in mind, she had just moved out of the Playboy Mansion. Her mother still didn't know she had been a stripper. Um, they just, they're not super close and they just didn't, they just don't always get on. When Kendra tells her mother that she's moving to the Playboy Mansion, her mother's like, Oh my God, don't go. You're going to have to do all these orgies. I mean, her mom wasn't wrong. But by the time she started coming up there, she softened. Part of it is that Hef is an old gentleman and he knows what to say. You know, and people mistake him for being an old man, for being like a gentleman. You know, that's what they mistake it for. He loves uh, Betty Grable. <laughs> He's got to be a gentleman. Like that's, that's the way they, they think about him. Also, Kendra had started making money. She was on TV now. And Kendra, you know, I, I can't believe I'm like holding my tongue now when I basically have been like dragging everybody. But the fact is, I think Patty liked it. Patty liked the attention. Patty liked that Kendra seemed to make something of herself because she got blinded by the fame, you know? Pat, you know, there's a there's an episode where suddenly Kendra can send money to her because um, she's doing appearances and things. Um, there's an episode where Patty gets, like, plastic surgery. I think Hef pays for it. Like, it becomes... Patty gets too into the Playboy Mansion. So when Kendra leaves starts dating Hank and leaves, Patty's not too happy. Also, there's a scene on her show that's also, that's in her book as well, where it's her, um, her baby shower. Is it a baby shower? It's her wedding bridal shower and Kendra's pregnant. And she doesn't tell Patty 
what she does is she wakes to the cameras, gets there, and just announces it in front of everyone. And Patty's upset because she feels like, I don't know, she feels left in the dark. You know, like, there's a bunch of layers there. You guys don't have a great relationship. Um, she She's leaving some, like, in Patty's defense, I bet Patty thinks that the Playboy Mansion gave Kendra a lot of stability and she doesn't understand why she's leaving. Like, she should just stay there. It's probably the most stable she's seen Kendra in a very long time. So, um, when they have a big blow up, like they, they never quite get over that fight. Later in Kendra on top, you see all these, these, uh, they have all these problems. When Hank, um, when Hank is uh, cheated on her, and Kendra's going through all this shit. Um, she's also going through a bunch of shit with her mom. And that's when she reconnects with her dad. Like it's, it's on and on and on. Colin, you see over the years, he's in high school at this point. Um, you see grandma Mary too. And grandma Mary plays an, a good, uh, an important role in, um, in the feud between Patty and Kendra because Grandma Mary lives next door. So Kendra can't go visit Grandma Mary without seeing Patty. And in fact, there's a visit where she's, I guess she's trying to talk to Patty. Maybe Patty dies, maybe Mary dies. And I can't quite remember, but I think Mary dies and Kendra's like trying, and Colin kind of sneaks her over to Grandma Mary's house to get some mementos of there and Patty refuses to let her in, like throws her out or something like that. Like, it's just really interesting seeing, uh, Patty here knowing like their relationship goes downhill very quick. And in fact, when, when, um, when at that baby shower, when Patty's upset, Kendra gets so mad at her and screams like, do you not think I'm making a good decision or is it that I'm just not giving you enough money because she hadn't sent her money in a while or something like that. It, it's, it's just interesting to watch this. Um, oh, Kendra's dog got some chocolate. And Kendra says, you dumb dogs, you're going to die now. Kendra should not be allowed to have animals. Uh, we get a scene where Kendra explaining to Grandma Mary what a pimp, that a pimp is a good thing these days. Oh, the party is pretty uneventful. Like I said, it's small. It's not the Midsummer Night's Dream. It's, it's like a pool party. And they just happen to be celebrating Kendra. Um, we don't even see half till until the very end with the cake. I will say this. They, Holly keeps saying that the birthdays are important to have. He likes to have a present. He likes to have a cake, blah, blah, blah. We don't see half doing any of that stuff. We see Holly and Bridget doing it. And they made that little cake. Probably in the, the butlers made it. And then Ho, uh, Holly decorated it and, and did a picture of her dog on it. And I was like, Listen, it looked homemade, okay? <laughs> but it looked better than anything I could fucking do. <laughs> I was impressed by it. So we don't see half to the end when they're eating cake. And of course, it's Kendra, so we have to have some sort of sporting event at the end. They play volleyball. She opens presents, and there's lots of chargers and eagle stuff. Her mother used to be a cheerleader for the eagles, so Kendra's always loved the eagles. eagles and... Um, you know, she's San Diego, born and bred, so she loves the Chargers. Um, I think Hef gave her a picture of the two of them. I don't know. She had to get a bigger present than that. Anyway, she looks happy, and she's crying and shit, and 
she's saying goodbye to the family and she's just like, this is the best birthday I could possibly have. And that's the end of the show. That's it. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys are enjoying season four. You know, I showed up to this um, recording being like, I don't want to be here. And like just doing this, I've been laughing and shit. I feel like a ton better. So thank you guys. And I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>